Welcome back to the Bookshop Chronicles. My name is Brandy, and I run a little indie bookstore in Edmonton, Canada called the Daisy Chain Book Company. It is fun. It is a mixture of new and previously owned books, and we just may possibly have the best reading community ever. So today, I'm going to start by just introducing our guest because she's fun and why should we wait, right? So many podcasts have a lot of preamble, a lot of ads and stuff. No, no, no. Let's just get right to it. Today's guest is Kim Tanner. Kim is an excited member of our Pedal Club community. She is an out-of-towner who has visited the store once to come to one of our events. She is a dedicated reader who was so passionate about seeking out other readers that she pursued a reading community on Bookstagram and it has exploded. She is such an inspiration. So I cannot wait for you to add to your TBR, add to your online reading community and hear this conversation. So here we go. So everybody who is listening, they're listening from all over the place, which is super fun for me, but many of them have never met you. So can you tell us a little bit about you and your reading life? Sure. Yeah. Um, my name's Kim. Um, I live in a small town, um, just in Alberta and actually my reading life has gone through waves. So I loved reading as a child, but I didn't really get a really strong, um, love of reading until I was in grade six. I had a teacher who just put a book into my hands that I just loved. It was um, Cynthia Voigt's Homecoming. And I think the reason I loved that book is because it was a a young girl, I think she was 12 or so. I haven't read it since then because I'm so scared that I won't love it like I did as a child. And so anyways, um, but yeah, so she was about that age and she was left her mom just left um them in a car and she had to take care of her siblings she had three other siblings i can't remember how old the youngest was and i myself was the oldest and i had a brother who was a couple years younger than me and a sister that was six years younger than me and i had a baby sister and so i think that just really related to me um because it was like what would happen if i was left alone and Anyway, and from then on, I just was a reader. I loved reading. Um, Obviously, every, well, a lot of Canadian young girls love Anne of Green Gables, of course, and imagine themselves being Anne. (laughs) And so that's a lifetime favorite. And then, yeah, and then I just, I read Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High. I just loved that. And then um, in university, I think a lot of people feel this, you're reading a lot for school, that it then becomes hard to do that as a hobby because you're like, oh, so much reading, so much reading. And so I started to lose my passion, not really passion, but it was like on the back burner, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when I had children, really young children, um, I just didn't read at all. It just kind of phased away. And then... um, I was introduced to audiobooks about five years ago or so. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can like read and be a mom. <laughs> and so it was, that was really amazing. And then it, I was still having a hard time feeling like I was a reader though, because there's, you know, a lot of, if is an audiobook a reading, you know, like, that's just different people's opinions, which is for another show. But, uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh huh. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I found the Bookstagram a world, which is Instagram, but people have like um, book accounts. So they take book pictures and they um, interact with other people that love books. And that just opened up my whole world again and was like, I didn't realize what I was missing in my life, talking with people who love books, seeing books all the time, having books around me, and I've just become my whole person again. So it's just been a a really big journey as life can be, right? So I don't have a lot of people in my real life that love books like I do. And so, but just 
opening up bookstagram there's people that kind of come out of the woodwork right like there's been people in my small town that have seen it and then I didn't know you were a reader. Oh, and then now we're exchanging books back and forth. And so it's been amazing that I'm like, I didn't know I had people in my real life that loved books too. So, and my husband's come a long way as well because he was one of the people who didn't think that audiobooks was reading. And we actually <laughs> had a lot of arguments over it. And one day <laughs> I kind of had a falling out with a couple friends because of it. And he saw how emotional I was about it. Like mm -hmm. I just cried and cried and cried. Cause I'm like, if audiobooks aren't reading, I'm not a reader right now because that's all I was doing because I was so mm -hmm. busy with little ones and I was so tired to open a book. It's like, <laughs> you oh, know, yes. you fall asleep. <laughs> totally. So not because you don't love to read, but because you're so dang exhausted with the children oh, yeah. right so anyway so he's come a, a long long way but even this year for my birthday he like did amazing things we did lots of birthday stuff but the step the gift that was the most important to me was he gave me a little letter and in the letter he said i would like you to pick an audiobook we can read together and then we'll go out for supper and talk about it my husband doesn't read my husband doesn't listen to audiobooks. So I know <laughs> I'm getting teary just thinking about it. <laughs> that is so because so. he's investing in something you love and he's investing his time to share that with you so that you have something that you can bond over. Yeah. Like, and so oh. I've just learned so much about just be your true self and you'll find your people. You know, yes. people will come to you. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. Um, I just went to Winnipeg and a friend of a friend was like, Oh my gosh, you're going to Winnipeg. You have to meet this person. And I'm like, she's a complete stranger. Like, this is really weird, but okay. So I like, <laughs> I messaged her and I was like, okay, my friend said you're in Winnipeg. We should get together. And then one thing led to another and she lived five minutes from my brother's house who I was visiting. And we spent five hours together. We didn't stop talking. We went for lunch. We like went to indie bookstores and now we chat every day. So, and that she was is like, so cool. I know. And she's like, this is so weird. And I said, well, people meet their love online. Why can't you meet yeah. your best friend online? So, Aww. and that's how I see it, you know, like we're in a technological world now. So let's take advantage of it and find our people. So, and that's how I found you, right? So that's true. That is yes. true. When, when did, when did we actually connect? So um, I don't remember that. exactly when my subscription was, but I remember there was some kind of like support local indie bookstores. And I was like, what can I do? And it was during COVID. I think it was kind of in the summer. And I was like, I don't know a lot of indie bookstores like around me. And I was like, saw your like bubbly personality. And I'd seen your book truck online and everything. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get to know this person. And so you had this subscription for the pedal club. And I was like, that sounds perfect. And so then I reached out to you. That's kind of how it started. And then I loved the books you sent me. I started like creeping on your page a little bit more. And I was like, oh my gosh, Brandy is just my person. I just love her like, you know, creativity and vibrance. And she's just so fun. And so then I was like, I got to see this store. Like I got to get in there because <laughs> I live two hours away. And so, right. um, so I had another mutual friend and we um, did one of your events and came and it was like a dream come true to see the store because I'd been supporting it. And it was just so fun to actually be there and see it and see you and your girls. And it was amazing. Well, and you actually got to, because when you came to the, that was the chocolate and book pairing night, right? Yes. That you came to. Mm -hmm. And then while you were in Edmonton for that weekend, didn't you connect with a number of other bookstagrammer friends we that did. you were actually going to finally get to see in real life? Yes. And that was the first time that I had ever met a, you know, bookstagrammer friend in real life. So it was really fun. So yeah, we got That's together. So cool. I don't, I don't know Edmonton that well, but there's some kind of park 
And with COVID, we wanted to just be safe because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know people all that well. So yeah, mm-hmm. we went to this park and we did like a little book exchange. So we just said, you know, don't spend money, but just find something off your bookshelf or even go to a little free library and just grab mm-hmm. a book you think someone might like. Put a few little things you know, about what the book's like on the front, like wrap it up. And then, you know, like the um, blind date book thing that you can find in some bookstores sometimes. Do you do that at your bookstore? The blind we don't. Date well, we don't do a blind date thing because I often yeah. find that the blind date with a book is often how a lot of bookstores um, can get rid of books that they can't sell. Oh, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily the best books. It's just the books that right. they're having a hard time moving. And that's a mm, that's that kind of sense. a creative way to get them into somebody's hands. And I right. don't do that because I would much rather have it be customized for the person. So no kidding. No we kidding. Don't, we don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's how we had set it up there. Um, And then people, we kind of drew numbers, kind of like a white elephant gift exchange. And then, yeah, that's how they kind of picked which one they wanted. We opened it and yeah, it was super fun. It was, it was a really neat experience to meet people that you talk to all the time in person. So, yeah. And actually, yeah, I, so I, when I first, I started Bookstagram two or three years ago and um, then I was finding that I was meeting a lot of people in the States or even across the world. And I was loving that, but I was like, I'm never going to meet these people in real life. And like I had told you before, one of my reasons for being on there is I want people in my real life that I can talk to about books. Mm -hmm. So I was like, reached out to a couple people in Alberta that I was like, hey, like, how would you feel about like doing this book swap? And I kind of explained what it was, where you like make up a box and you contact the person, then you send it in the mail. Like, that's an amazing idea. Let's see what we can do. So we did that in June. We found some Alberta bookstagrammers. And I just did like a little, you know, you go with you, you go with you, and then message each other, get information about each other get to know each other what's your favorite you know drink what what's your favorite color what kind of books do you like and then set a budget and then send that book and so anyway it has exploded so we did a christmas one too and i know 80 alberta bookstagrammers now and i still have yes and i knew two in june so, and people are constantly messaging me like, I don't know anybody in Alberta. I didn't think there was anybody. And I'm like, I felt the same way, but yes, there, here we are. And, you know, here's some, you know, chat with these people. And I've gotten messages all the time from people like, I found my best friend, Kim. Thank you so much. Wow. So yeah, it's been such a cool, cool experience. And for December, what I did is because it's so busy, it's expensive, you know, I said, let's try to put people with people in their same area. So I tried to put Edmonton people together. I tried to put Calgary people together, Southern Alberta people. So they actually got to meet in person, most of them. So again, super cool experience. Um, you're like, you're like a person. book matchmaker. <laughs> you're, you're, right? Like you're, you're sort of like a, like a book buddy Cupid. You're finding people to connect with and to create communities because I think what you're, what you've done, Kim is so special because you felt that same need yourself to connect with people and to have a shared experience of books with actual yes. humans that you could actually develop a relationship with. But Absolutely. you tapped into something that I think so many people are feeling, especially with the pandemic, but also because reading is kind of an isolating activity. You just do it by yourself. But yes. but then when you look up from the book, you do want to talk about it. You want to have a shared moment where you talk about characters and themes and whatever. And if you don't have those people in your lives, where do you go to find them? So what you exactly. have actually done is you've created like a literary matchmaking service for bookstagrammers yes that's so remarkable well my friend in Winnipeg that I was telling you about she's like I'm so I'm so scared to do that but you know I really want to meet Winnipeggers and I'm like it's just got to be vulnerable and it's scary and like you said us book people we just 
read and we don't want to, you know, but we still need people to talk mm -hmm. to and especially because of the isolation. So it is scary and, you know, it's really overwhelming, but it's, it's people, book people are the best people. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so, and so honestly, I had really no problems because people are so kind. They're so patient. They're so, they're just so happy to, you know, connect with other book people. So, you know, there's been a lot of mistakes and there's been a lot of learning things and forgetting and, but people are just, <laughs> people are just, you know, so happy to, you know, meet other people. So they've been really mm -hmm. patient and it's been so, so fun. And I um, like to give back if I can. So this was for me, but it was also, I really wanted other people to find their people. So I found my people, but I'm just as happy when I get those messages that say, Kim, I found my best friend. And it's just, it's so heartwarming to me. Mm -hmm. So not only have I connected with a lot of people there has been others who talk daily and um, to people they know are just two hours away in their province rather than, which is, you. it's great to meet people around the world. And I've met, you know, people in New Zealand and I didn't know anything about New Zealand. So that's been really cool too. But it's also amazing to know that they are right, you know, a couple hours away, right? And so they can relate that way too. So it's good to have all that kind of, um, part of, of your book life. So anyways, it's been a, an amazing experience. I've loved it. Well, yeah. And, and I love how you started with something that was a little bit uncertain, right? Like mm -hmm. the bookstagram world, it can be overwhelming. Absolutely. It really can. And yes. there's a lot of things about it that are, as you say, uncertain. And then technology changes and algorithms change and all these things are very weird. Plus you have a regular life of your own that you do outside yes. of it. Like, Cause I know all this stuff takes time and energy and there's the learning yes. curve and all that stuff, but you persevered. You said people connecting is more important than me feeling as if I have it all together all the time. And I'm just going to do it and figure it out as I go, which is yes. one of the most bold kinds of things that you can do because there's other people involved. It's not just you. Yes. And yet you do it so well, Kim. I see oh, all the things you. that you post on Instagram and your stories and how you invite people into your story and how you like to share their story with other people. And you're so good at it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, <laughs> and I don't think I'm good at it at all. And so that's just kind of a, you know, invitation to everybody. Everybody can do what I'm doing. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, I, if you watch my stories, a lot of time my hair is like the, you know, it's a standing up. I haven't done my makeup. I'll like look on the screen. I'm like, oh, well, I just noticed I have big bags under my eyes, you know, but that's what yep. the, <laughs> that's what the filters are for, right? <laughs> and I think... <laughs> You know, but honestly, I feel like being more real invites people in and then it becomes more about this relationship that I'm trying to build and not so much about, um, oh, they're trying to get followers or, you know, because there are people out there and there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to find out what are you there for? Mm -hmm. Are you there for relationships? Are you there to talk with somebody because you don't have people in your real life to talk about? Are you there to get followers? Are you there to get free books? You've got to figure that out. And then once you do, then you attack it that way. And for me, it's not about the free books. It's not about growing followers. It's about people feeling comfortable to reach out to other people and feeling like I can be a person that they can be comfortable with. And, you know, just letting go of that stuff where I just look ridiculous. Half the times I forget most of the words I'm supposed to say, <laughs> like, you know, it's, I can't rewatch them because I'm like, oh, I'm just a goofball. Like I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. But, you know, people know I'm real. So right away, um, it's, they can either like me or say, nope, that's not for me. So, right. Um, and I think, you know, and it, and it is intimidating and scary and, but yeah, I would challenge people to, you know, try it and find your people because it feels really good. It, it 
feels well okay then great. can you maybe walk me through it like for somebody who is new to they use instagram but the whole idea of bookstagram maybe feels a little bit foreign yes. if you were to find people and connect with them and create a bookstagram community and you know just have a way to talk with them how would somebody start okay so it it is overwhelming i won't <laughs> Don't downplay that. It can feel overwhelming. But the biggest thing I would say as advice is be yourself. So don't try to up your pictures if that's not you. If you are somebody who loves, you know, to figure out lighting with your books or, you know, go to different fancy locations and you love that, then do that because that's you. If that's not you and you're very plain, and you just like to take a picture of just the book and talk more about the book, then do that. There, Like I said, there is people for all of that. And so you will find your people. Um, and honestly, when you first start, you might have to post a little bit more only because um, there's so many out there now um, to get people's attention. And um, And when people comment, comment back. So it's like a relationship. So, you know, I'll post a book picture. Oh, I loved A Place to Hang the Moon. It's a middle grade book that came out this year by Kate Albus. It's one of my favorites of the year. So I, my daughter actually built me like a little Lego thing. And then I took a picture of the book with the Lego thing. And then there were so many comments. So instead of just putting a little heart, I try to interact with all of that and then maybe ask a question too. Oh, what's a book that you loved? And so then there's interaction back and forth and Mm -hmm. then just doing that repetitively until you start to find those people who are constantly commenting on yours and then go look at their account and maybe you'll find some um, similar interests in books um, that you like. And then then you'll start to find your people and then you don't have to post as often if you're busy because Mm -hmm. your people will constantly come back for you. So, um, and do you hashtag bookstagram or do you have like, how do you do that? Yeah, we do. I do hashtag. I find that, um, I think the biggest thing right now is stories. So if you've been on Instagram, Um, And even I think Facebook and other social media has that little arrow at the top, like it's a little, you know, plus sign, and you just push on it. And then you can share other people's pictures, um, and tag them, or you can actually like share your stuff or, and then that gets interaction between the community. So then they can see a little bit more what you like. And that's what you were saying. When I go on, I actually talk Mm -hmm. about what I've read for the week. So, you know, you get to see my shiny face and, (laughs) and I just say, hi everyone. So great to see you. This is what I'm reading. Let me know what you're reading. And then they'll start to interact that way too. So there is hashtags for sure. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I personally don't use them as much, but, um, they're definitely a tool to get started for sure. But I, I think the biggest thing is just find who you are and be true to who you are as, you know, as a bookstagrammer or, you know, whatever. And you can follow bookstagrammers and not create account yourself. You know, mm-hmm. the best part could be, like you said, you know, click on the hashtag bookstagram and then go and look at different people, start commenting on theirs. And then um, you can have an interaction that way as well. So you can interact with book people on Instagram um, and not have, if you're intimidated by, oh, there's no way I can take pictures of these books or I don't have time because, you know, X, Y, Z, that's totally fine. That doesn't mean that you can't interact with other book lovers. And Bookstagram is just another place on the internet for book people. Um, Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't find them other places too. It was so funny because the way I found out about it is another podcast um, by Anne Vogel. She has the podcast, uh, What Should I Read Next? Yes, I love that one. Yes, yes. And she does, she has 
people just like yourself, Brandy, just us regular Joe Blows who love to read books. We're not celebrities or anything. And I loved that concept at first. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is amazing. This is foreign to me. So I loved that because she'd have people on and then she would say, okay, what are your three books you love? A book you don't. And then um, what are you reading now? And then she would figure out maybe some other books they could read. So anyway, she kept talking about Bookstagram and I kept Googling Bookstagram, Bookstagram, Bookstagram. Where is this place? You know, (laughs) (laughs) what is this? You know, and finally I messaged her and she's like, well, it's just Instagram, but you just chat books with people. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) This is amazing. So then I kind of created my own account and same thing scared to death. You know, I can't take pictures. I'm I'm like terrible at them. But you know, you just do you and then you you will find your people. You will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's true. If you're intentional and, and consistent, then you can create community that is digital and hopefully can translate to real life if you follow through. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's just being real real with people and I really just don't try to be somebody that you're not so you know don't feel like you have to take these fancy pictures that everybody else seems to be doing um you know it's not everybody's doing it go look at mine (laughs) they're not fancy (laughs) at all and I I have people that reach out to me because they connect with me as a person and they will for you too if that's something that you're interested in so and I think that authenticity finds authenticity and you will find authentic people if you are yourself one of the things that I've had people comment on on our um, daisy chain book company Instagram is that it's just it's just normal like it's not fancy I do not have a professional photographer taking photos of anything I went on one day and did a video and my lipstick was only half on and I realized later, oh, well, look at that. And I didn't change it because that, that was me that day. That was a hundred percent real. And that's just, that's the real thing. I don't think I'm creative enough to figure out ways to make things look like they're not. So Mm -hmm. I, I honestly find keeping it simple is much more manageable that I can do. If you are your real person, you're giving other people an invitation to be their real selves. Yeah. Because I'm sure then by seeing you with your lipstick and you still being amazing and fun and they were like, that? Who cares? They're like, oh, so if I do that, is that going to be okay? Of course. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so for sure. people really feel that way. And, and there are people who love to you know, dress up their books and make them really beautiful. And that's their creative element. And that's great. Yes. And they'll find their book people or their, you know, element too. just let them do that. You don't have to do that. You can just be you. And there are people for you too. So, and there always will be, I think that's the, that's the concern is if I put myself out there, will nobody look for me? Will nobody respond to me? Is nobody going to pay attention? Am I going to be alone out there? And I honestly do believe everything you're saying is completely real. And it's true that if you put your real self out there, people will say, hello, real person. I'm a real person too. It's so nice to know that it's not just me, right? And and all of a sudden, now you're two people. I get that all the time. Of course you do, because you're always yourself. Yes, it's true. And I can't believe you mentioned Cynthia Voigt's book, Homecoming, because I think I mentioned that on a previous episode, but that book, when I was younger, it wrecked me in all the ways that adult books tend to do now, because the character's name was Dicey. Yes. And she was sitting in a car with her siblings and the mom went into the store and said, Mm -hmm. you know, I have to get supplies and they stayed there and she never came back. And that was like the very first that was how the book opened. Yeah. And chapter. then they traveled across states to try and find her. And that book was just, I read it last year just to see, okay, oh. so how does this fit into my idea of what the book used to be? And so I reread it. And I was so impressed with what Cynthia Voigt entrusted 
to a young reader because it is a very raw, honest, not glamorous um, journey that demands that you really put yourself in a place that is uncomfortable, it's tense, it's uncertain. And the idea of your parent leaving you is kind of a kid's nightmare, even if they don't know until they read it. It was so bold. And I was just, as a as an adult reader, I could not help but applaud Cynthia Voigt for writing a book like that for kids because now nobody would write that book. And mm-hmm. it's too bad because that is the kind of book that makes impact. And I can't believe you said that that was the book you were given. Did you read it as a child as well or just as an adult? Yep. I as read it as a, like a preteen. I was maybe, I don't know when it came out. I was maybe 11. Um, and yeah, I'm the that's how too. old I was. I think 12, 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, but I, maybe I will revisit it then if you did. I'm so scared. I don't know if anybody else out there has this feeling of like reading books or even movies that you loved as a child and being like, oh, what was I thinking? You know? And then it kind of ruins that nostalgia and love that you have for it. That's, that's how I feel about that book. I have it on such a high pedestal because it was the one that <laughs> introduced me to reading and mm-hmm. was so raw, like you say. Well, and, and it's funny because at 40, you will approach it so differently, but you will also be reminded of what your 12-year-old self felt. So that alliance of, of the two versions of you as Kim reading that book is kind of a magical thing. No kidding. And I have done that with Anne of Green Gables because I've read it growing up. So it wasn't like this big separation from like 11 year old self and 40 year old self with Anne yeah. of Green Gables. It kind of followed me through my journey as a person. And mm-hmm. so I was able to, you know, when you're 12 or 13, see yourself as Anne, you know, right. And then now as I read it, I'm like really connecting with Marilla and <laughs> Yes. And, you know, and Matthew and Rachel and, you know, the adults in the book. And I still love Anne. Don't get me wrong. You know, mm-hmm. Anne could do no wrong in my little heart. But I'm connecting to these adult characters. And how would I respond taking in this child and, you know, those kind of things. And that is a remarkable journey that you can go on with a book that you love too. So many people say, I never reread books. And I don't as much as I would like to, because there's so many books out there and you're like, I just want to get to them all. But, (laughs) but being able to read the ones that you really love and be able to go on that journey is a really neat experience to be able to write to the different characters and see yourself differently. And um, yeah, it's it, it's been really, really cool. And I was able to go to um, PEI when I was 18 and see it. And I would love to go back now as an adult and take my kids. But I haven't read it with my kids yet because I'm so terrified they won't love it like me. <laughs> because I showed them. Do? I will. And I will. I will. They're, um, they're 11. So I'm like, I think this upcoming summer, I think we'll do it. Um, and we'll read it together and we'll make a read along about it. And if they don't, I'll, I'll just be okay with it. (laughs) But because I introduced them to little women, we just watched the movie first and they're like, mom, like, I just don't get what you love about this. Anne is so precious to me. I'm just going to hold it a couple more years. But yeah, we will. I will will introduce them to it for sure. Yeah. Well, and then you could watch the Megan Follows show, right? Because that one is what really captured the heart of so many and pulled them into actually reading the book if maybe they hadn't done it back then. Still does it to this day because that series is still the best film Mm -hmm. adaptation of that book ever 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 and and so if they are linked to the idea of screen and books you know kind of telling the story two different ways yeah then that will maybe open them up to think of it differently too for sure yeah yeah for sure and I yeah I love I love that version as well I grew I grew up on it so (laughs) I won't even watch the new ones because I'm like 
no, I don't need to. I, and no. you know, I'm happy for, you know, the new generation to discover it a different way. And, but for me, it's just, the other one is so precious to me. I, and people are like, well, do you like the book better or the movie better? And I'm like, I like them both for very different reasons. Because like, I even saw an interview with Kevin Sullivan, who was the producer of the um, yes. movie. And he said, like, we tried really hard to make this its independent. So people didn't have to compare. They had the movie and they had the book. And they were special for their own reasons. And I really loved hearing that from him because it's like, that's how I feel about it too. Yeah. Like I can't choose because they're both so special in a different way. And they, and you don't have to choose. That's, you know, the remarkable thing about storytelling. You can, you know, hear it orally or you can hear it in a book form or a screen form and you can just enjoy it. You don't have to pick, right? So it's true. It's true. Yeah. Their stories yeah. are a beautiful thing because it's it's never just one way. Whether yes. it's oral, like you're talking about audiobooks. Audiobooks yes. is an oral storytelling format. Now, oral yes. storytelling is one of the original ways. Before there was print, it was always oral. So yes. to go back to audiobooks actually really does revisit an older mm -hmm. way of getting a story to you. And yes. I don't think if somebody was to say, you know, when they read storybooks to their kids at night before bed, they don't say, well, that book wasn't read to them. The kids don't say, oh, I've never read that book because they didn't read yeah. it with their eyes. They read it with their ears. And yeah. I honestly think that audiobooks are popular because people are doing exactly what you were saying. Yeah. When you're young or when you have um, kids or when your life is busy or whatever's going on, it's a way to fit stories into your life in a way that suits the pace of your life at the moment yes. and then if you and like it as a rule then keep it it's still reading yeah. well and it takes away that you know that guilt and for me it's the motherly guilt of oh look at that pile of laundry that you know I should be doing and I really want to get to this book it's like well now I can do both yes. and actually I want to do laundry because <laughs> I want to read the next chapter yes <laughs> you know yeah go go play in the mud puddles so that i could do some more laundry you know yeah yeah so it's it's giving you that um you know that and and making supper has been such a more enjoyable time because mm -hmm. you know i can be and i my kids like Sometimes I like will ignore them. So I always have just one earbud in so I can hear what else is going on. And they're, they'll be talking to me and they're like, mom, are you listening to a story again? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <Busting. laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, if you want to stay in the kitchen with me and cut up vegetables or whatever, I'll take my earbud out. I'm good. <laughs> So just invite them to do chores with you and they'll usually say no. So then you're back to your story. <laughs> there you go. See, there's a little motherly fair. tip for you. <laughs> oh, no. you're, yeah. you're, you're a good mom. You're balancing it well. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even giving them the excuse uh, or not the excuse, the, that invitation is a better word mm -hmm. um, to have that in their lives as well. Right. Because they're busy too. And um, encouraging them to not only have screens for gaming, but also to have screens to um, continue to find the love of reading too, mm -hmm. right? So having, you know, a read to me on your screen or listening or, you know, those kind of things as well. So um, it doesn't have to just be a game. You can no, enjoy the love doesn't. of books through your screen too. So, okay. And you read a lot of mid-grade books but you also read I adult do. books too right grown-up I fiction, do whatever so yes, what are you what yes. are you reading right now well I read both so I'm a preschool teacher so I have always just loved children's literature you know from like little to you know like I said I'm 40 and I just read a picture book when I want to picture books aren't just for children people think no. that but there is some amazing picture books out there. And honestly, like um, the, 
picture book biographies are incredible. And I've learned so many things that I can just quickly grab a tidbit from a picture book and learn so much. And, and uh, so anyway, yeah, I love to do that. And then middle grade has always just been a place that I've connected to. I love middle grade because a lot of times they'll tackle um, tougher subjects, but there's always a little hope at the end. So sometimes with adult books, they just rip your heart out. And with a middle grade, they'll rip it out, but then they put it back with a little hopeful part at the end, you know? So sometimes it's a, it's a nice place to go. But And my children are middle grade age. I have twins that are 11. It's, it's a great way to connect with your children too. Obviously, you don't have time to you know, read every book that they're reading, Mm -hmm. but it's fun to have that connection. Like my daughter will read a book and then she'll say, mommy, I think you would love this book. And then that gives us, you know, a way to connect and to talk to each other. So if you, you know, invite your children, I like reading what you're reading. It's a really good way to connect. And honestly, there's amazing middle grade books out there. Like they aren't just for for children. So I told about the A Place to Hang the Moon. That mm-hmm. one I just loved. And then um, another one that was amazing that I read um, is A Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise. Do you know that one? No. What's that one about? It's about a young girl and her dad who travel around the United States in an old school bus. That's their home. They've made it their home. And they, you know, just, they're just on a journey in life to just travel the United States. You start to find out that there's a little bit more to that, to why they're doing that. Are they running away? What's, you know, what's going on? And then they start to meet other people who also are, you know, not necessarily running away, but trying to find themselves. So you get to meet these characters. And again, you talk about like, um, the Cynthia Voigt being really raw and just really delving deep into who we are as, as humans. This mm-hmm. book does that in such a lovely way um, that middle graders can really connect to that. Um, and us as adults can as well. So um, I read that the, this year and just absolutely loved it. Um, so that was a really excellent one. Um, I just, for adult books, I just read um, The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. Have you read that one? I haven't yet. Oh, you should. I have to read that one. <laughs> I know. So that one was for my uh, library book club. And I had been kind of like, it's so hard to get to all the books. And so I had missed so many of them. And I'm like, this one actually was on my physical shelves. Like, I need to make time for this one. I purchased it. You know, it meant something to me then. I need to get it read. And mm-hmm. it's one of those books I'm sure we've all felt that where it's like, why didn't I pick this up sooner? You know? So, and if you're a book lover, you'll love it because it's about um, a traveling library. So there's these women um, and they get on horseback in like, the country, I think it's Kentucky, mm-hmm. and they have to deliver books to people who don't, you know, have access to literature. A lot of them can't read. And so it's their journey um, to taking literature to um, to these people. And so, and it's not only that, it's about discovery, self-discovery, and um, it's amazing. It's really, it's really great. So I just read that one. And yeah, Jojo always, she can write a really good story. Yes. Right. Yes. It has, it has just the right amount of characters and emotion and a storyline with a good thing that takes you right to the end. I read um, The Pull of Stars by Emma Donahue. Did you read that one? I didn't. Um. So this one actually was through my library as well, but um. I would have never picked this up if I knew what it was um, going in. I had no idea it was a pandemic book. And like so many people, there's no way I'm going to read a pandemic book right now, you know? And I thought that's me. (laughs) And I started reading this and I just swallowed it up. And that book, that's a, that's a hard one. There is a lot of heart because it's about um, the uh, Spanish. Yeah. And it's about a nurse Mm. 
who her kind of journey through. And she has mothers who, well, uh, pregnant women who come in and they have the flu, but they're also pregnant with a baby. So it's, it's deep stuff, but I don't, for some reason, it just grabbed me and I, I really, really liked it, but it's a, it's a hard read for sure. I had started that one on audio and I can't remember exactly what was going on, but I could not continue um, to listen to it. And I think maybe for that book, the format was just wrong. Because yes, I've and heard so it, many people sure. say that the book is very much worth reading. And of course, Emma Donahue, when she wrote it, there was no COVID. Oh. It was she was really writing historical fiction about midwives and birthing and the flu and all of the struggles that were going on at the time. And then yeah. it just was oddly appropriate <laughs> when it came out. And I think right. when I started reading it or listening to it, it just was not it was not setting with me properly. So mm-hmm. I will go back to it. I def- I still have it, but I just um, I haven't yet. And that's something I think that's really important to remember too, as readers is just because we put a book down doesn't mean we can't go back to it. Right. And, you know, like, and as you're reading it, don't feel like you can't put it down because mm-hmm. it just might not be the right time. And that doesn't mean you might, you won't return to it. But I know for a really long time, I had a hard time putting books down and sometimes we call it DNFing. So not, but as I have, you know, kind of listened to the podcast and got more and more confident with my reading, I have been able to do that a little bit more. I'm still not great at it, but just realizing that why would I push through with Mm -hmm. a book that's going to put me into a reading slump? Because if you're not enjoying the book, you're not going to want to pick it up. And then that just, then that's, that's not fun as a reader. Like we're there, you know, to really enjoy our stories. So if we're not, it's okay to give yourself permission to just say, this isn't for me right now. If you can't DNF a book because you're a finisher or whatever, whatever you have with that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to read this late. And, and I'm somebody, you know, that has had trouble with this in the past. So um, yeah, it, 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 it can be hard, but I know that if I don't put a book down that I'm not enjoying, I do get in a reading slump and I can go a month or two without reading because I'm not enjoying the book that I'm reading. And I don't think I can pick up something else because I'm not done this book yet. So you don't want to get stuck in that. No, I call it breaking up with a book. You break up with it. It doesn't mean that if you and that book, you know, meet again later, you won't redate that book. Like you won't re-engage with it, but in the moment you're just not suited for each other and that's okay. And the For book sure. is not offended, honestly. Nope. It doesn't matter. And it's unchanged. <laughs> so the only thing changing is you and how you see it. Exactly. Give yourself permission. Give yourself flexibility because reading is supposed to serve totally. you. You're supposed yes. to get something out of it that you can reflect back to the world in a healthy way, whether it's information, imagination, whatever it is, to make us better humans. And that's why readers are the best people. Because we do reflect all these things that we read that we really enjoyed. It could be so many different things. And then your reading life has seasons yes, that permit you to take in different kinds of stories. And you can look back and go, oh, yeah, I can see like this was really my... This was my dark phase. I was really into all the like the murder books and the grim stuff. And oh, no. And here's my romance phase. And here's where I needed things that were softer and lighter and predictable. And and you can see that. And I think that is okay. Right? We're not giving out awards to say you have to finish this. And if you don't, you're now a failure. You are not. No, no, exactly. And I liked how you mentioned there's different formats, right? Like we're so lucky to have so many audio now. And so, you know, and a print and maybe an e-book, you know, is suitable for that. So if you, it's not fitting you for this version, maybe switch. Because for example, I was listening to, um, it's the green, is it the green glass house? I think is what it's called by Kate Milford. I think you might have to Look that up to make sure I have the right author. But um, so I was listening to that one. That one is also a middle grade. Um, And so many characters, like just 
character after character after characters getting mm. introduced. And like I said, when I listen to audio, I'm, I've got lots going on. So it was like, ah! <laughs> my brain yeah. was exploding with too much information. And so I kind of put it down and then I messaged a friend because we were doing a reading of it together. Sometimes that's called buddy reading. And so I said, oh, you know what? I, I'm going to have to revisit this later. And she's like, that happened to me too. I listened to it on audio. Then I picked up the paperback copy because it just was too much for me. And I zipped through the paperback copy mm. because I could have mm-hmm. that context of, you know, re- getting those characters a little bit more secure in my mind. And so I started doing that same thing. It just fits so much better for me. And so I ended up not DNFing that book. Um, I just switched formats and it still worked for me. And maybe I would have tried that and I still wouldn't have been good. And so I would have let it go. But that's a good way to figure out if that's the right book for you too, because maybe it's better on audio or maybe it's not. And just because it's better on audio for someone might not be for you too. So it's great. great to, that's because why there's like both every options. book is different. Every yes. reader is different. Totally. So if totally. you if you are flexible with how you take in your stories, then be considerate that other people are also being flexible with their lives and their pace of what's going on and how they take in the stories. Because the fact is, if people are reading, whatever way you're reading it, you're reading. Yes. That's what matters. Because yes. in the end, you're going to talk about the story and you're both going to have an idea in your mind of what that story was like. It's Absolutely. not going to matter if it was on paper or if it was in earbuds. It doesn't no. matter. No, no, the for story sure. Is a story. And I know, yeah. And I know for myself, I really like epistolary novels. Epistolary. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Like those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The letter format. But I need to listen. I've learned that as myself as a reader, I do a lot better with that. Um, Or like, say, for example, it's like kind of podcast format, or, you know, those kind of um, reader, or, 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 you know, these two people talking, interacting, I just do better with those on audio. So I just know that as you know, because some people are like, well, I, I don't really like those. And I'm like, you know what, I didn't like those on paper either. And then I tried them on audio. And I actually love them on audio. So um, like the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Pie Society. Yes. What is the um, the author's name on that one? That is um, uh, Oh, my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Um, have to look at a barrows okay yeah something like that yeah but yeah that one um I listened to that one on audio and it's delightful it's delightful on audio and I did that for my in real life book club and some people like oh I just couldn't get into that story I said try it on audio you might feel differently and a couple of them still it wasn't for them but there were mm-hmm. one or two ladies that were like, oh, yeah, that that was a good change. That was a good fit. So, um, so yeah, that's that's how I like to take them in. Another one that I liked, well, it was interview style on audio was Daisy Jones and the Six. That one was so good on audio. Yes, yes. that That's probably my favorite of all time at this point in my life mm-hmm. on audio. Because it was like, it was interview style and it had a full cast which was super fun. And it had like, yeah, it had um, people that we know, like Benjamin Mm -hmm. Bratt was one of the, and then one of the um, like band mates was, do you remember who it was? Well, Jennifer Beals, who used to, she was in Flashdance. She was one of the main roles. And I can't remember the name of, here's, the older I get, the worse I remember this. Um, the name of the actress who seems to be in so many things. She was the ex-wife in Ant-Man, the movie. Oh, yeah. I can't remember her name. Anyway, her voice is really good on audio and she's in this one as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. So that one is really characters. fun. Yeah, because it doesn't even feel like you're listening to a book. Like, it, it's so neat. It actually feels like, you know, maybe a podcast or... You are watching a show, like, and you can just 
picture yeah. the characters in your own mind. So that one is so much fun on audio because of the full cast. It's really yeah, fun. I agree. And I think that it, so many audiobooks are changing our expectation of how this should sound now that when there yeah. are more full cast recordings and the narration has just gotten so much richer and more in yes. tune with the actual character voice rather yes. than just this person's page to just read the book. I think it has just really elevated what we expect from audiobooks. And there are some no audiobook narrators that I will chase. If I yes. like them, I will find out what they have read and I will listen to books I've never heard of because I, do I that really too. like that narrator. Yeah. yeah, I do that too. I do that too. Super fun. There's yeah. a narrator called, um, I don't know how to say her name, X.E. Sands is her name. Okay. If you just, X.E., I don't know how to. Yeah, I don't know that one. I'll her, have to look that one up. Her reading voice is so good. It's so, er, the way she expresses emotion and excitement is always so on point and then julia whalen is one of my favorites she's yes i know julia fabulous so good yeah so so great and um and she actually wrote her own book to have a really good narrator makes a a book just better and i'm 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 down for that i i will read books i have never heard of by authors i do not know if the narrator invites it to me in a compelling way i'm i'm so there for that yeah, and you can totally search that up in whatever app you're using. If you're using Libro FM or you're using some other service, you can search it up just like you would search up a book. You just put their yes. name in and then it'll come up with all the... And I have done that too um, because I'm like, I am just loving this uh, this um, narrator right now. It's like, you know, finding your favorite author too. So it sometimes... Is. You may not, you you read a new author and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm here for this. And then you go mm-hmm. and get their backlist. It's the same thing for, you know, a, a narrator. You can go into a whole new uh, genre of books just because you love how they read a story, which is a mm-hmm. great, you know, way to open your reading life too, right? Because sometimes, I know myself, sometimes I get stuck Like, I love historical fiction, as you can tell. I do love thriller as well. But I just, it's not the one I naturally pick up. So if I have something like that, where I really liked this author, or I really liked the narrator, then I can start to go into different genres a little bit more and expand my reading life. So I think you're, uh, I think you're right on point with thinking about how to expand your reading life. You have done that in ways that are beyond the earbuds, beyond the page. You have moved into Instagram, Bookstagram. You have extended it to create a community. That's what you've done so well is your reading life is no longer just about the stories. It is about the community that you have created, which is why I love being a part of that. I love that you were a part of ours because you, you get the value of that. And, and I think that what you have done with it is just so encouraging. So for anybody listening who thinks, well, I, nobody in my life really reads or I, nobody talks about books like I do or my book club really fizzled out or my book club doesn't read the books, <laughs> that there is hope out there to find people who feel like you do about reading and who will expand your reading life in ways that you're hoping for, but you just didn't know how, who to ask. So Absolutely. I'm so grateful for you because you have done an amazing oh, job at this. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I'm so grateful for you and your beautiful store. It's so, you know, if people haven't been there, you need to go because it's so sunshiny and bright and inviting. And the yellow just reflects your personality. I just love it. It's just such an inviting, lovely store. It was a dream come true to make it there because every time I get my little, you know, package in the mail with my cute little sticker with the flower, mm-hmm. I, I would open it and be like, oh, I just want to go see <laughs> what the, where this is coming from. <laughs> and I love how when you go, you just like go down the stairs into your store. It's like you're entering this new world. You walk down the stairs and then, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, it's it's lovely. It, it's a fun place to visit. Oh, so. I'm so glad. I'm yeah, so and glad. you don't have to be from Edmonton. Like I, 
I made it a weekend, you know, trip from for me, for myself. I said to my husband and my kids, I need this for me. Mm-hmm. And I just made it my book trip. And I met some, like we talked about, some friends that I'd met online and met them in person. One of them joined me for your book and chocolate event, which was amazing, and met you. And so you can do that too. You can, you know, that was super fun. I loved that. You are an inspiration, Kim. You have showed Aww, us how it's you. possible. Even if you don't feel like you have it all together or whatever, being your authentic self, finding other authentic readers is doable. And so many people are feeling isolated or alone or their world is just shaken up with COVID. And it is okay to find a new way to make friends. And if yes. we want to be on our phones, let's use that time on our phones to find people so that we can make it human and relatable again. Because we need community. We need humans. We yes. And digital, it's, it's great, but it's also not enough sometimes. We need a little more. So yes. you've you've done it. You've reached out. You've created this. You've done an awesome job. You're so, you're so good at it. I'm so proud Aww. of you. I don't feel like I'm good at it. So just, you know, take that as inspiration. Just, you know, you may not feel confident, but other people love you and they love you for you. So just be you and you'll find your people. I promise. Yes. Yes, you will. Well, Kim, thank you so much for for giving us these titles to read or listen to and talking with me about books and community today. I had so much fun. Me too. And you just made it so, I was so nervous, everyone, to come on. But you just made it so easy to just be myself and just talk books, which we all love doing, right? So Right. And I don't want anything else except your real self and books, right? Like that's the whole thing. So I can count on you to bring that each time. And I'm so glad you did. Well, thank Thank you, you. Brandy. And thank you for your store. Even though I know you've heard me say this on this podcast before, I cannot stress enough how valuable it is to create a community of readers around you that not only encourages your reading, but challenges your reading and gives you some social outlet. Because books can be a great thing on their own, but they are also a tool to develop relationships. So Kim talking about how to create a bookstagram community, how to be very intentional about seeking out people who share an interest that she wanted to pursue on a social level, that takes some time. It doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen just as a, oh, look at this. I have this amazing community around me. Now what do I do with them? No, no, no. You have to find them. Then you have to find the ones in the community that are most like you so you can develop an even deeper connection with. Because in as much as there are so many different books to read, there are so many different kinds of readers. And you're not always going to connect well. You're not going to mesh the same or share the same reading tastes But if you continue to be authentic and be intentional about making connections, you may find your literary kindred spirits, just like Kim did. So thank you, Kim, for inspiring us to do this, for seeking it out, for using books as a way to make friends and establish community, because frankly, in this world, we need it. Today's episode of the Bookshop Chronicles has been brought to you by the Pebble Club. Daisy Chain's very own monthly book subscription because we want to help you build a beautiful library and create community. So the Pebble Club might be for you. you. Want to join our club? We would love you to join our club. Go online, search Pebble Club and get started. Okay, friends, as always, ah, this was fun. This was really great. Thank you for giving me your ears and your time. And thank you for supporting our little indie bookstore because it matters. It matters so much more than you can even believe. Every dollar that you spend at an indie bookstore really is put right back into your community. So thank you for supporting our community and making us stronger. In all things, be relevant, be generous, and be unforgettable. And may your reading life be extraordinary. Until next time, bye.